All right, we are live for our WWE TLC 2020 review here of the Squared Circle Cycle Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. The last pay-per-view of the year definitely had people talking about it, uh, especially the way the show ended. Just like a lot of the pay-per-views that we got this year, Ralph, I think this show was very, very good to close off 2020's very weird wrestling year for WWE. Yeah, you know, I got to say, I was certainly pleasantly surprised. I felt like a lot of the matches delivered or over-delivered. I think that some of the matches that we were looking forward to and hoping that would deliver, they they certainly knocked it out of the park. And then I think certain wrestlers and certain matches over-delivered and took us by surprise. Um, We got an ending that I don't think anybody really anticipated actually playing out that way. Um, So overall, I I, I was happy. I, I, I enjoyed it. I I agree. Uh, I think a lot of people are definitely talking about the way the show ended and rightfully so. We're going to talk about that as we get to the matches throughout the show. Uh, We will say welcome again for those that are just filing in here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti again. Joining me is Ralph Valenti reviewing WWE TLC 2020 and we're going to do a QA and a at the end of our review. All you got to do is submit your question by putting the hashtag question before your question, and then we'll answer it in the order that they come in the live chat. Uh, also, you can donate to the super chat. Any point of the show, we'll answer your question, give you a shout out um, as soon as that comes in, just like Mario Morales did. So before we get to the review, we will answer Mario Morales's um, question from the super chat party, uh, donated $5. So here's the quick question, Ralph. Who is the better hype man? Paul Heyman, or Don Callis. So obviously Heyman with Roman Reigns, Don Callis with Kenny Omega. Uh, I'm going to go with Heyman. Heyman certainly has, I mean, I, I wouldn't say significant more years, but I think he's certainly been more relevant than Callis over the past 10 or so years, certainly. Yeah. Um, and he's been relevant and he's been the guy that's really cut a lot of really good promos for Brock Lesnar, especially because Brock is certainly limited in that department. So I would say that mm. Paul Heyman is the guy. I I agree. I mean, Callis has done some good stuff right now, but obviously the track record is certainly not there yet. Yes, he did stuff as the Jackal, but that was more than 20 years ago. Um, So let's see where it develops with Kenny Omega. I think it's a little too early to answer that question, but right now it's got to go to one Paul Heyman. But let's start off our review, Ralph, of TLC. Drew McIntyre. Versus AJ Styles in the TLC match for the WWE Championship. We did get the cash-in that I Mm -hmm. predicted would happen, but it was unsuccessful by The Miz. WrestleVotes reported that there were some, you know, talks about The Miz cashing in, but the writers could not come up with any good ideas that Vince liked. So this is what we have. And for the third time in four years, the Money in the Bank has had a failed cash-in. I'm not one. That likes to use the word buried, but I'm using it here. The money in the bank contract is officially buried. Oh, stop. What do you stop, mean? Stop. stop. Here we go with people freaking out again for absolutely no reason. Did anybody, and I told you guys this yesterday, realistically in 2020 with the situation WWE is in and with AEW biting at the heels of WWE, the Miz is not going to cash in successfully. I, I, I understand mean, that, but why even give him the briefcase to begin with? You have now three failed briefcase in four years. And on top of that, 
You had the briefcase switch this year because of, oh, we wanted to give it to Otis, and apparently that was a bad idea. So you put it on The Miz, and you realize that was a bad idea. So now you have a failed cash-in. Like, the concept has to get worked out here. I'm not a fan of this. The concept has to get worked out, but you also have to be realistic about it. Realistically, right now in 2020, I, I, why would they want to squander another t- a title change at the expense of a successful cash-in for no reason? So let's assume Otis kept it. Would anybody realistically want... Well, number one, does anybody actually want to see Otis as the champion? I mean, I, certainly he no, was getting right kind now. of... Not right now, but he, he was getting over to a certain extent with the fan base before the whole pandemic happened. Now, unfortunately, we do have a pandemic going on. Unfortunately, there cannot be crowds. One of the most important things, I think, and one of the things that people look forward to is the successful cash-in when there were fans there because they go nuts and they go ballistic, and it makes for a really cool moment. Cashing in a Money in the brief, Briefcase successfully with no fans there will just fall flat like many of the other things that have happened in 2020. Right now, Roman Reigns is on top of his A-game. He is doing amazing things, but unfortunately, he can't do it in front of fans. We know right now, uh, Drew McIntyre is certainly at the top of his game. He's mm-hmm. not doing that in front of fans. That's okay. another thing. Right. Uh, Edge, his big return at the Royal Rumble. While that was great, right now, he doesn't have anything going on. One, because he's hurt, but two, even when he did come back, he wasn't doing any of that in front of fans. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is going on with no fans. Why right. would you want a successful cash in? So let's who who was who who had it? So we had Otis or the Miz. We had Baron Corbin. What was the other unsuccessful? Braun one? Strowman. Okay, and but that was when Braun Strowman was red hot. That's when and they who was also pulled... the champion at the time, Roman Reigns. But how did how did Braun lose the cash in? A no contest because Brock Lesnar interfered in their Hell in a Cell match. That ended in a no contest. So this was even before Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt's uh, no contest at Hell in a Cell. So like that's that's the thing. Right. Like three out of four years, unsuccessful cash-ins. Now, you're saying, oh, well, maybe the money in the bank, uh, they're trying to say that it's not 100% guaranteed. Then that's not money in the bank. Money in the bank means 100% or close to it. No, no. That's what the fans expect now, and that's part of the problem. You have to be realistic about it. They don't it. call it money in the bank. What do you want them to call it? Title change? No, I don't know what you call it, but money in the bank is like it's guaranteed. That's why it's called money in the bank. But here's the thing they should they should have done was they should have had it some way where AJ Styles won money in the bank because okay. – it was him and Corbin that were fumbling the briefcase. AJ actually had a possession of the briefcase, but then dropped it and it landed in Otis's hands. That's the only reason Otis was the money in the bank winner. They did no progression with that, with AJ trying to go after the money in the bank. Instead, he went for the intercontinental championship. Granted it was, he was doing good with that, but never a follow through with the money in the bank. So maybe this plays out in the storyline where the Miz now cost AJ Styles the uh, WWE Championship in a briefcase that he should have had to begin with. Maybe that's leading to something at Royal Rumble. Okay, now let me just ask you one more question before we move on because we don't want to spend too much time on this. Mm-hmm. Let's assume somebody like uh, Keith Lee, Big E, any of those two guys win Money in the Bank. Okay. They go on, they hold on to it for six months, seven months, eight months, however long. You get fans back, blah, blah, blah successful cash in are we even having the conversation that the money in the briefcase money in the bank briefcase is now buried or is it are people just disappointed because right now we didn't get a successful cash in which mind you 
I didn't think it was going to happen with the Miz, mostly because of circumstances unfortunate for him. But I, I don't think, I don't think the concept of the money in the brief, money in the bank briefcase, excuse me, is is buried. I think that yeah, there's been some unsuccessful cash-ins, and WWE has to do a better job of you know long-term booking so they can determine who they truly want to put over. Um, but I, I don't see it as buried. I just don't see that. Well, I mean, if if the next year, and they like if. If they're going to have successful cash-ins, they need to have a, a, a little bit of a run where the Money in the Bank briefcase has successful cash-ins. Three out of the last four years, and the guy that successfully cashed in wasn't even in the match to begin with. So that's something you got to take into consideration, too. Like, So the, the one guy who wasn't in the match, won the briefcase, ends up cashing in successfully. The other three... Fail cash-ins. It, it, yeah. doesn't, it does not look good for well, the Money in the Bank briefcase. Only other thing I'll say about this um, is, so if you have every single time the Money in the Bank brief, uh, Money in the Bank briefcase be cashed in successfully, doesn't that then become white noise just like anything else? Like the brand split, for example. Everybody, oh, we want to do away with the brand split. We want to do away with the draft. It's lost that special feeling to it because we're just kind of used to it. If you see somebody cash in consistently, mm. successfully, doesn't, doesn't, don't people now not care about it? Because it's it's almost like predetermined well, that this is going to happen. I don't know. Just my thoughts on it. Maybe. Well, I guess like with the Royal Rumble, you could kind of say the same thing, because not everyone that wins the Royal Rumble wins the championship that they choose to go for. Right. But I think that's a little different because you're going into a prepared match that the champion has to face, whereas the Money in the Bank you could win at you catch in at any time. It's an opportunist right. advantage, and to have. Th- three of the last four not take advantage of that opportunity makes it look stupid. But we're, so we're what do you think of the match? <laughs> the match was very good. And the okay. way the, the way the cash in went, I think was well executed other than the fact that the Miz didn't win it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think AJ doing a great job attacking Drew McIntyre's leg, making it harder for him to climb the ladder and Drew selling the hell out of it was a really good focal point. The fact that they didn't use the weapons as a crutch for this match, I think, was really good. They waited till the match progressed a little bit. Definitely helped how this match worked. Mm-hmm. And the execution of really the first physicality we've seen from Omos was spot on, 100% perfect. The way that that chair broke, and I don't know if it was, it was a, a fake chair or a worked chair, or it literally exploded over his back. But that was perfect. His facials were good. I thought this was a very good way to start at the show and really thought this was going to be hard for the other matches to follow. But obviously, I think we were proven wrong tonight with that. Yeah, and, and I, I actually agree with you 100%. I thought almost was one of the better things, one of the things that stood out in the match because he's been mostly kind of like emotionless or you know you haven't seen a whole lot from him. But in this particular instance, I thought that, that his lack of emotion when he got hit by the chair... I thought it was great. He li- he literally just hardly reacted, and he just kind of turned and looked at Morrison and, and stalked him as he kind of ran away. I thought that the drama towards the tail end of the match where they were all kind of um, trying to get into position to get the, the championship while on the ladders, I thought that was great. I thought that Drew was great. I thought AJ was great. I liked the way they worked the Miz into this. Um, because realistically, at one point, I actually thought that the Miz could have won this. And yes. you kind of felt like, okay, well, and that's what you want. I mean, that's that's kind of what has been lost where, you know, of course, in any 
pro wrestling ladder match. You're going to get the guys slowly going up the ladder when you're like, well, I know you can grab the championship. You're kind of milking it, but it, it really did seem like the way they were building towards the end of the match was really well done. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see where drew go, goes from here. Um, but he really is having a really good solid year since winning the championship. He he really has. And as far as the cash in is concerned, the only thing is the Miz getting a little too cocky and waiting for the announcement that he's cashed in before climbing with Morrison being the one handing the briefcase. Why not just climb the ladder? Now that that's just, you know, being a cocky heel at that point and making him look like an idiot at the end. But McIntyre looked good. AJ looked really good. I think everybody, for the most part, looked good in this match. So uh, you really can't you really can't fault them for it. So before we head to the next match, reminding everybody, if you want to ask questions, we will be answering them at the end of the review. Use the hashtag question with your question in the live chat. You could also donate to the super chat party. Any dollar amount, you cut the line. We answer that question in as soon as the we see the super chat show up on the live chat. So. Let's head to the next match here, and that is going to be Sasha Banks versus uh, Carmella for the Women's Championship. And this match, I think uh, I said this match was going to be good, Ralph, and it ended up being good. And I, I might actually say that it's potentially Carmella's best match on the main roster. I would agree with you 100%. I, felt like I, I said that yesterday, too, in our predictions. I felt like based on what I saw from both of them on SmackDown, I thought they would deliver in the ring. I definitely think that this was one of, if not Carmella's best matches that she's ever had. Sasha Banks is great. I think that, you know, I always talk about this. The best wrestlers or your best talent, you want them to be able to bring somebody who maybe is lesser talented or not as good in the ring and bring them up to your level. That's what some of the very best wrestlers ever have been able to do. You look at Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, going out there with somebody who may not have the same skill level or skill set or even same expectation. Like when people look at this match on paper, mm -hmm. automatically so many people, I think just disqualified Carmella and were like, okay, well, Sasha's going to carry her. I did not get the sense that Sasha carried her. I thought it no. was a really good match. I thought Carmella held her own. I thought she held her own on SmackDown uh, a couple weeks ago. And I thought this made for a really, really good match again, towards the tail end of the match, the way they were kind of uh, trading pinfalls and trading uh, submissions. I thought it was great. Carmella looked confident. Um, I thought that Carmella was going to get the win here. It didn't happen, but I'm not complaining. I was just happy that they went out there and put on a good match. Yeah, and I, I, what would you think of the use of Carmella's sommelier in this I like match? Him. I like him. I mean, you know, I, it fits her character that she would have somebody like that, kind mm -hmm. of like as a, her sidekick or somebody who can get her champagne and stuff like that. Right. Obviously I imagine he's going to get involved in a majority of her matches from here on out. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I thought he was fine. Yeah. I think, I think they used him very well. And I think Sasha Banks being able to go with both of them at the same time helps her. Uh, I, I think getting Carmella to tap out usually is not the best scenario for, you know, someone coming out of, a hiatus, but yeah. I think it works well for Sasha in this case, giving it that's her, her finishing maneuver anyway, but this match was very good. And I, I think definitely think this was a coming out party for Carmella. We know the character has been working for the last month. This match definitely delivered. And I saw your tweet on your Twitter and I'm not sure if I retweeted on the podcast, Twitter at SCPB podcast, but I believe the question was, can we finally admit that Carmelo's a good wrestler. I forget the exact wording of your tweet, but 
what was exactly less what it was? Yeah, can we get off the Carmella can't wrestle? I, I said, uh, are we still going to pretend Carmella can't wrestle? That's what it was, you but know, because you know when when she first won the championship, there's no doubt her ability to talk and her ability to be an over the top character is why she was put in the position she was put into. But you know what? That is half the battle in pro wrestling. You have to be somebody that people can relate to, or be somebody that the fans want to see you get your ass kicked. That was the case here with Sasha. People wanted to see Sasha kick the crap out of Carmella because she's got a big mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? She was able to go out there and silence the critics now two times in the in the in the ring with Sasha. I, I thought she was great. I really did think this was a really good match. Yeah, it really was. And definitely a really good follow up to the first match with Drew and AJ. You would think maybe it gets let down just because of what a great opener that this one probably would not be able to live up to it. But you can make the argument that this could be a match of the night. Um, mm-hmm. Drew and AJ obviously is another one. Uh, but let's move on to our next match here, Ralph. For the Raw Tag Team Championships, it's the New Day versus the Hurt Business. Hurt Business get the tag titles after a couple failed attempts on Raw in the past month or so. Cedric uh, Alexander, the focal point here, especially with the finish, where yeah. Shelton Benjamin looked like he was trying to set up his finisher, Cedric Alexander's like, dude, stop wasting time. Tags himself in. Lombard check on Kofi. One, two, three. And that is it. That's the Hurt Business. Bobby Lashley walks out with uh, his United States Championship. I don't know who made the call. I think it was Tom Phillips. He did say the Hurt Business has all the gold. Probably forgot about the WWE Championship two months, uh, two matches ago. Well, that's interesting because now it makes you think, well, are they going to have somebody come into the group? Are they going to have somebody go after... Uh, McIntyre for the for the championship. Um, Keith Lee, yeah, could be that. That was something that I saw a few people talk about. Um, Keith Lee is really good on the mic, but I mean, if he ends up being a heel and he has MVP being this mouthpiece, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with that if it means no. him being put in the the main event picture. So, and no. I think one of his first matches, if not his first match, no, his first match was Orton, but one of his first matches on Raw was certainly against McIntyre. I think. Yes. He looked pretty good in that match. So yes, he did. Might might be fitting to to revisit that. Yep. But uh, the match itself, I thought, was good. It had its moments, and most importantly, the ending that we wanted to see happen, or I think a lot of people wanted to see. Uh, Hurt Business getting a lot more recognition, getting solidification here with their their win and taking the tag team championship. Yeah, yeah. And what'd you think of uh, Cedric Alexander? Per, like just him in this match, as opposed to everybody else. Like everyone else did their their part. And obviously we know how good these guys could do. If you watched previous episodes of Raw, you knew these guys were going to have a good tag match. But Cedric Alexander was the focal point here, and I think he needed to deliver because he kind of has been on the back burner with the Hurt Business, and he finally came out to the forefront in this match. Yeah, I think think he looked really, really good. The only thing that, you know, I think that stood out most was the ending. You know, he tagged himself in. I don't see them breaking these guys up anytime soon, but you got to think that that, I mean, while it is WWE, it may or may not end up playing a part and role in the storyline at you would, some point. You would think it starts some kind of tension. Like, Shelton kind of had that look like, dude, what's up with that? But then once he got the belt, he was smiling. Yeah. And uh, he did uh, dedicate it to Chad Gaspard. Uh, and I think it was Instagram afterwards. So a nice little uh, homage there to him after that tragedy that we saw over the summer with him. So Mm -hmm. nice uh, hats off to them. But the other tag title match that we had on uh, TLC was Asuka 
And Charlotte Flair, who I predicted correctly would be the mystery partner, as probably a lot of people did, uh, going up against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. This match, I think we can easily say, was the worst match of the night. But having said that, that doesn't mean it was a bad match. This was a really good match regardless. And I must say, does it was it just me or did it look like Charlotte looked leaner? No, she, de- she definitely looked leaner. I mean, if you follow her on, I don't know if it's her in- Instagram or her Twitter, she's certainly been uh, in the gym and fit and all that type of stuff. She's always been in really good shape, but she she definitely looked like she came ready to go here. So um, I- I'm just so surprised. I mean, even with six months removed from from wrestling here, there's just such a vocal part of, you know, the wrestling fan base that cannot get into Charlotte, does not want to see her. Um, I don't get it. I mean, let, let's pretend she was going to go to AEW. Mm-hmm. That would be huge for them. Like, I, I think that would be one of the, I would hope that would be one of the most celebrated um, instances in AEW, especially for their women's division. She, she is hands down, and I think even Jericho said this, one of the best female wrestlers in the world right now. Right. Most people would say that. Right. I think that WWE put her in some positions where, again, you get the fans who turn against her, but I can't say that I'm disappointed that she's back. Why would I be disappointed? That just means that we're going to see a really good talent work some more. Right. And I think the problem is, one, I think people misuse the word overrated. She's not overrated. I would say... She is one of the three best women on the WWE roster, whether that's SmackDown, Raw, or NXT. I would say I would probably go Charlotte, Asuka, and um, Sasha Banks. Those three, you can even throw in Io Shirai in that mix. And whatever your four in order is, I'm not going to say it's wrong. But Charlotte definitely deserves to be in that conversation. And there's a reason why she gets put in all these big matches because one, she delivers in almost all of them. And two, uh, she, she's a very good promo. I think as far as the the women are concerned, and I think she's really going to help raw when she comes back as far as her ratings and trying to get storylines progress, because really Oscar's really been the only focal point on raw. And even she's been on the back burner. They needed something to happen here. And I think this was perfect for Charlotte to come back and get some fire going in the uh, women's division. I agree 100%. I I really do. All right. We did get a $5 donation from Zero the Hero. And his question is, will WWE run itself out of business in the next five to 10 years? Or if they go more mature like the USA Network wants you to, affecting AEW? It has nothing to do. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. Ratings are important. Viewership is important. But WWE, unlike all the other wrestling promotions, including AEW, at least for right now, WWE is a brand. Whether people realize it or not. And, and, and this is the thing. Like, a lot of the time, people look at what's happening in the ring and they say, oh, well, that match sucked. I don't want to watch WWE anymore. They're terrible. Their storylines are bad and this, all this and that. They forget that at the end of the day, Vince McMahon is still a businessman. His primary mm-hmm. goal and objective is making sure that the profit at the bottom line makes sense. And he put himself in a position or his company in a position where whether you agree or you don't agree, whether it's a Saudi Arabia deal, whether it's the Fox deal, whatever the case may be, the WWE network, they're making money. They had their best right. financial near year, I think, to date ever last year. The most profitable. This year, year. is the most profitable. 
Yeah. So, I mean, right now with every, this is, this is probably WWE. I wouldn't say at its worst because of the nineties and certain times it was pretty bad, but they do have some good stuff going for them. They got Roman, they got AJ, they have all those contracts I, I just talked about. So as bad as it gets, their biz, their positioning just based on their business. Um, the things they're doing from a business perspective will keep them afloat. I, I, I don't see them going out of business. I mean, there'd have to be a lot of things that would go wrong. Right, right. Now, I know the argument is, you know, or the, the report is that USA is furious of the ratings and they want darker and more violent content on Raw. And hopefully they watch TLC last yeah, night. You had a murder on TV last night. It <laughs> you was really like an did. episode of uh, MacGyver or something. I don't know. Seriously. Like, it was like watching... It was like watching a horror movie at the end where like the killer just won't die and you have to do extreme lengths to kill the guy off. And even then, are we sure that he's even killed off? But like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, and it's not necessarily that they have to go to TV 14 because you can still have mature storylines and good storylines under the PG umbrella. And yeah, it's the r- lowest rating ever, but, and their, their ratings are down lower than what TV trends are dropping. There's but SmackDown on the other hand is really good and they just even on preempted on Fox Sports 1 their ratings were the best that they've had on those F, uh Fox Sports 1 shows. So there's some positives in WWE and I think just because Raw is just hard to get through on those 3 hours sometimes they clump the whole company in this bubble like the whole company sucks. Yeah. It's just it's it's tough to watch those three hours. Hopefully tonight, we're heading into the right direction. I think Charlotte's return is going to help. I think Bray Wyatt, whatever the hell that is, and hopefully that leads to something, um, that's going to help. We need to split Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Uh, I'd like to see more tag teams involved, but something they're, I think they're turning a corner here, personally, yeah. on Raw. I'll make two more points really quick. One, as bad as it gets, you still can't convince me that when fans are able to come back, that if they decide to hold WrestleMania at a football stadium, they're still going to sell out 80,000 plus seats. Like mm-hmm. it, as bad as it gets, they still do that because they can still go out there and get the biggest names, The Rock, whoever else. Exactly. And, you know, they're, that, that's the thing about WWE, because they're in a position where they make sense financially they can go out there and they could pay the rock for a big payday. They can go right. out there and they could pay a CM punk. So as bad as it is, they're still in a good position because of the, because of what Vince McMahon has done to, to create a good, um, you know, make them make sense from a business perspective, not just what you see in the ring. Right. I, I agree. And again, thank you for the question. Zero the hero. If you want a question answered, you could donate to the super chat party. We'll answer it in the order or as soon as it comes up, but we will also do a Q and a at the end of the show. All you got to do is submit the word question in the live chat with your question. And that helps me uh, read the questions off here. But uh, let's head to the next match, Ralph. Uh, it is the universal championship match. Uh, mm. That is Kevin Owens. Trying to get it from Roman Reigns here. And I got to tell you, I love this match. I think this was a match of the year contender. This was Ro- this was Kevin Owens coming out party. I know he's had some good matches in the past, but he really showed a different level of Kevin Owens that I have not seen before in any of his matches. Like that prize fighter that we were w- wanting to see in NXT finally came to the main roster last mm-hmm. night. 
Roman Reigns is on another level since he's come back to uh, WWE after his hiatus with the coronavirus and whatnot. Awesome match. Awesome story. Anybody that has a problem with this match, you're nitpicking and really need to find something else to watch. Well, because I, I'm going to nitpick on one thing. Why? I, Kevin I, Owens I, had no one to run in with. No, you, we already talked about that. I, <laughs> I, we can talk about that in a second, but I, I don't like the fact that they're pushing Roman as this monster uh, heel, unbeatable, untouchable, all that type of stuff. And Jay gets involved way too early in the match, I think. I don't mind him getting involved. We all knew it was going to happen. We all knew that the save was going to happen at some point. See, I don't um, mind it because it's more of Jay trying to prove that he belongs than Roman trying to prove he's the monster heel. That's but I, I would be okay with that, but there's at least the two or three p- times in the match where Kevin Owens could have and should have won, but, and Jay saved his ass. So that, that's my one small gripe. I thought the match itself was great. If there's one guy who came out of this pay-per-view looking 10 times better than he looked going into it, look, Kevin Owens last night, he overcame a lot of things to me. He was a guy who came out really hot from NXT going against Cena. I think he, he beat Cena in his first, their first few, did he not? In his first match, yes. He won the uh the he beat him for the US championship, I think. No, um, it was I think it was a non title match because okay. Owens had the NXT championship. That's Eventually great. they had a US title match, but he uh, he lost the US title match. Okay. Well either way, so Kevin Owens, he's been in the championship picture and most of the time he doesn't end up coming out on top. I think the last mm-hmm. time he held the title was what, three years ago, I think they said. So Last night, to me, was the first time in a long time that I believe that Kevin Owens can go in there and face a Drew McIntyre or go in there and face a Roman Reigns and realistically come out on top. I could see him after last night realistically being a guy who could potentially go on and win the Royal Rumble. Like, that's where I see him right now based on his performance last night because he just played the role so well. Again, towards the tail end of the match, as he was climbing up the ladder, I I gave him... Very, very small percent chance that he was going to win. I would say there was no way it was going to happen. But when he was on that ladder at the end of the match and he was all by himself, I really did believe he was going to win. And that's, that, that not only makes for a good match because you don't want them to, to predetermine the outcome or ruin it for yourself and take yourself out of the match. But he, he was great. I thought the match was really good. And I think that he really did a good job last night in solidifying himself as one of the top guys in WWE. Um, and we'll see what happens, whether that's Money in the Bank, whether that's Royal Rumble. I'm not sure, but he he came out of last night looking really good, I think. I 100% agree. Now, one thing I will say about this match that I really liked was the commentary. And I am very critical, not really on this show, more behind the scenes of Michael Cole's commentary. Now, granted, he did say a <laughs> spine buster through, through, through the, the table. table when it was really a power bomb through a ladder. I understand that mistake, but as far as the the emotion that he needed to convey with Kevin Owens, and it really gave me those vibes of him backing Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. Like, you really had that emotion. Like, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, you said, oh, Kevin Owens' uh, percentage of actually winning were slim, but I think um, I think uh, Michael Cole really told that story of, like, He's going to do it. He, and you're like, you're, you're saying it with him at home. Like, holy shit, Kevin Owens is going to do it. He's going to mm-hmm. do it. And then it you know, obviously doesn't happen. But I thought they re- that's what took this match to the next level, honestly, was the commentary. I thought that the commentary was good. I thought overall last night the commentary was pretty on point. Usually I, I am not a fan of 
Michael Cole, at least because he doesn't come like last night. Like you said, there was some actual genuine emotion in it. And sometimes he's just so robotic, like the things he's saying. And it's just like, he's going through, going through the same things that he says over and over and over. So I, I thought he was, I thought that the commentary was good last night, particularly in this match. And, you know, like I said, I, I, I actually came out of this thinking that I don't know what they're going to do with Kevin Owens. I don't know what they're going to do with Roman Reigns, but I feel like if they're going to do anything, if there's going to be anybody other than Drew who can beat him at uh, WrestleMania, it could be Kevin Owens. Yeah. Do you see now after this match with really possible, I think we could potentially see some kind of creative reset here. Can you see Kevin Owens winning the Royal Rumble? Yeah. And going and, after and we Roman. T- and we talked about this yesterday. You know, there's always that one guy that gets really hot right before the Royal Rumble or heading into WrestleMania that the fans really get behind. Now, one of the things that I know is being talked about is the fact that Kevin Owens didn't have any friends and he didn't get any help from anybody. But yeah, we can get into that. But him being the guy to go out there and overcome the odds at the grandest stage at WrestleMania, wouldn't that be more impactful? And I, I can hear you choking in the background there. I don't yeah. know if you're choking on a nut or something, but no, no, I just, uh, something went down the wrong hole there, but, uh, yeah, I think like the whole, Oh, why does he have any friends thing? Like, All right. Let's talk about that. That, that's for a minute. The, that was the story. That. He wanted to do this by himself. Like, no, he's not like if someone came in to help him, it just ruins the story. I think what, if there's one guy, on either brand that you would expect not to have any friends, would it not be Kevin Owens? The guy literally screwed over everybody. NXT, he went on and won the championship, I think, when, what? He screwed over Sami Zayn. Yep. He came up to the main roster. He screwed over Jericho when they were together. He screwed over Sami Zayn again. Like, if there's one guy you don't expect, would you ever expect Jake the Snake to, to go against, like, the top whoever it was mm-hmm. and say, okay, well, he, somebody needs to come out and save Jake the snake. No, you wouldn't because it doesn't make sense because he screws everybody over because nobody can trust him. Yes. Yeah. There were times when stone cold, Steve Austin got help from people, but not very often. I don't think off the top of my head, I can't think of it. No, I can't. If there's one guy that's not going to get help from Daniel Bryan or anybody else, considering the way he screwed everybody over it's Kevin Owens. And now all of a sudden people want to act shocked that, oh, he doesn't have any friends. Well, who do you want to come out? His son, his wife, who? Like, right. that's the story they were trying to tell last night. And if he goes out there, and he, he mentioned this on Twitter, if he goes out there on SmackDown and says, you know, I, I had to go out there by myself, and that's because I screwed everybody over. He even talked about this, I think, about a month and a half ago where he's trying to overcome that because he knows he put himself in that position by screwing people over. But he's been a heel for like five years. Yeah. Now all of a sudden he's a face and we want people to come out and save him. I don't right. agree. I don't, I don't, I, that to me was the biggest criticism that I cannot agree with. Everybody's right. entitled to their opinion, but I, I, I don't get that. I really don't. Right. And I know some people are saying, oh, they didn't mention Kevin Owens saying something like, yes, they did. Go watch episodes of SmackDown. He definitely said that or on talking smack. He's, he's definitely mentioned that, that he has burned people in, pa- in the past. This is not, a, like, a plot hole that it's we... common knowledge. If yeah. you're a wrestling, fi- like, okay, if the Ultimate Warrior were to come out during the '80s, there's a good chance he's going to shake the ropes. Kevin Owens as a heel stabs everybody in the back. He did that was like his thing. Nobody could trust the guy. They literally had a storyline for how long with him and Sami Zayn about how he screwed over his best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
Well, I think this kind of helps progress the storyline here that I'm seeing in the chat is apparently a cage match is announced for SmackDown next week. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Do you well, maybe think he'll have some friends? Maybe some friends finally come out and enter the cage and Daniel Bryan and whoever or Jay Uso, um, you know, doesn't get involved in this match. And maybe Kevin Owens wins. But I definitely maybe Jimmy I, will help him. Maybe Jimmy will help him. Maybe Paul Heyman or Brock Lesnar, someone. But I, I don't think this is the end for this storyline. And even regardless of the the result of next Friday's SmackDown, um, uh, I think that this is this could probably lead to at least another match at Royal Rumble. Yeah. Would you be okay with Kevin Owens taking the title off Roman at Mania? Yeah, yeah, I would. If he if he has the same momentum now that he has at Wrestle, like if he has it now than he does at WrestleMania. Yes, 100%. Like, you're going to get Kofi Mania-like pops if he does. Assuming you know there's fans do? there. You know what I would do? Because this is kind. This kind of fits in with the storyline. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really ha- easy for guys to lose that momentum, and it's really hard for guys to sustain momentum, especially when we're so far out from WrestleMania. I would have a spot in the cage match where it plays into the storyline where he's like, you know, you're not going to keep me down. You'd have to kill me. They would have to write him off somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roman would have to do something, keep him off TV, let him come back at the Royal Rumble, comes back out, whatever number you want him to come out at, have him win the Royal Rumble then. But the more you, even if say, okay, we'll have him in a different feud, transition him away from Roman and revisit it. I don't think it would work as, as good as just keeping him off TV and having him come out at the Royal Rumble and winning. Yeah. They, they got to do something. I, I don't know what else they can do. Like he's taking so much punishment that you, you basically have to do like, what they did cattle, with Austin. Kevin, Kevin Nash cattle prod. Yeah. Did you watch the untold of, of Goldberg streak, by the way, speaking of the cattle prod? I did not, but I liked what I saw about from the, um, the brief showing of what's that show coming up. Not icons. Icons. That is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. That looks good. That looks awesome. I, I'm excited for that. I think that's really going to be WWE's version of dark side of the ring. Exactly what I thought. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but let's head to the main event, Ralph. Well, I don't know. Is this really a main event? Like, I don't know if this was really a match per se or what. It was more of a spectacle than really a match, but Mm -hmm. entertaining regardless. I think as the Fiend character, this was Bray Wyatt's best showing. And like, yes, I understand it's not going to be like a technical masterpiece, seven stars in the Tokyo Dome kind of thing, but hell of a, a performance. And very well executed. I would say, you know, Kevin Dunn got a little too tight on those cameras towards the end and making it obvious that it wasn't really Bray Wyatt, but a dummy. But let's suspend disbelief. And really, it was Bray Wyatt actually getting burned and basically getting killed on television. What's next for The Fiend? I have no idea where they're going to go. I, I mean, I, I this is why I'm going to tune into Raw to see where they're going to go with this. Um, I have no idea. Um, I, I, as far as the match is concerned, match or whatever you want to call it, I I normally hate stuff like this because I don't like certain aspects of pro wrestling, like teleportation, whether it's him, whether it's whether it's uh, Matt, Matt Hardy. Hardy, whether all that stuff. Like I'm I'm not a fan of the deletion series or any of that stuff, just because it's not my taste. Like I I like. I like what I saw out of Roman and Kevin Owens last night. I like Walter and uh, Ilya Dragunov. Dragunov. That that to me is an amazing match. That's my style. That's what I prefer. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say about this match is this. 
the one moment, and it was towards the end of the match. First of all, I, I found myself somewhat enjoying it throughout. And mind you, there was a pickaxe and all this other crazy stuff, like guys literally trying to kill each other. Um, but the one thing that stuck to me, and you kind of already commented on this, the scene of the fiend actually, like, not just like Kane back in the day with his arm on fire, and you could tell, like, as he's going like this, like it was, it was a pro- it wasn't a prop, but it was. It you could tell he real. had. You tell. You could tell he had some kind of material. Yeah, yeah. The scene of the fiend engulfed in flames, chasing Randy Orton into the ring, was enough to sell me on it and be like, okay, that moment alone is cool enough for me to be like, I'm, I'm fine with this because yep. just that visual. Like, that is where the entertainment part of it takes over for me. And just so people know, they see this, oh, you're always so critical of AEW. I praise the steak dinner debonair. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of it, too. Mm-hmm. To me, the match itself, not something I normally watch. But the visual aspect of the ending of the match, and just to kind of see where they go from this, despite, you know, Randy Orton potentially going to jail or prison for murder... I don't know. Um, but the visual of the fiend chasing him in the ring on fire to me was, was awesome. And it's, yeah. so I'll I totally give it a agree. pass just based on that. Right. And, and, like to me, this is kind of like you would see at the end of like nightmare on Elm street or Friday yeah. the 13th or Halloween. Like those things were like, like Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers or Jason just keep coming back and back and back. So you have to do these like outrageous things to kill this guy off and then he just lives anyway, and we see him in the next movie. I do think we're going to get some kind of new version of The Fiend, and he's going to be taking time off to figure out what that's going to look like. I think the character was getting kind of stale. Uh, we've seen what... That's the, WWE's fault. It is. It is. I, I'll admit it, because you know the whole Seth Rollins thing and then the Goldberg thing didn't really help him. His feud with Strowman was okay at best, but... The matches didn't deliver. Um, the stuff with Alexa was, I thought, okay. The fact that she wasn't involved in this is a little interesting. Does Randy and Alexa have something on Raw tonight? And does does you know the soul of the Fiend, the entity of the Fiend, get passed on somewhere? Like, where does this go from here? Obviously, there's going to be some kind of supernatural weird shit going to be happening with well, this storyline, I think. And here's the thing. I, this is the biggest issue I take with the fiend. And this is where the part of the match that I really hated was when he threw his arms up and the flames started coming up because then it's kind of like, you know, we're going back to undertaker circa the nineties. And yes, I think people are okay with the undertaker because one, it happened during a certain era too. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. I was a kid growing up watching the undertaker. So I was more open-minded to that stuff. I would like them to have them portray the fiend more of like a a split personality psychopath, like not so much this um, like, you know, magic or portray him as like, um, you know, the supernatural guy that they're trying to portray him as the guy that, you know, gets thrown into flames. And then all of a sudden he comes back out of the flames as the fiend. Like, I I think they kind of like a Batman nemesis. Well, yeah, I think they could do so like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I think they could do so much with this character that they're only scraping the surface because that's easy. Um, but I, I think that one Bray Wyatt is amazing on the mic. He's a good promo. So I think that they could take this to a whole new level if they were to take that approach and be much more believable. And there are certain people that are going to look at that and just be like, this is corny. Like, this is not realistic. But if you take the approach where he's got this split personality and he's like uh, some type of psycho, mm-hmm. more people would be open-minded to that character, yeah. I think. 
Right. Like I, I could totally take this, like I said, to like a Batman nemesis in Arkham Asylum to the next, that would be the next approach to this. Like they did the, the like spawn esque nemesis thing. Now they do Batman. Like that, that's where I go with this. But I like, I, what'd you think of the closing shot of Randy or imposing as Bray Wyatt is burning to rubble? Pretty boy's not going to do good. In pr- not pretty boy's not going to do good in prison. <laughs> no, I mean he he killed him. He killed a man. He did. I, I don't know how the hell they're going to um, justify that, but uh, yeah, you know, this is what it is. I guess this is what we get into when we enter the world of sports entertainment and pro wrestling. Yeah. So yeah, I I think the only way that it doesn't become murder is can you kill an entity? That is a figment of your imagination. Like, can you kill Santa Claus? Can you kill God? Can you kill the fiend? And if you can't, it's not murder. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to start answering some questions now. And the only way we do that is if you do the hashtag question before your question in the live chat. In the order of the live chat, they come in. But if you want to cut the line, donate to the Super Chat Party. Any dollar amount, we answer your question, give you a shout out. Uh, as soon as the uh, super chat shows up here on our live chat also to help support the channel we do have square circle my uh, psycho babble merchandise available 10 percent off with the link in the description use the promo code scpb10 you see the hoodie and the t-shirt behind me also have the ratings 1849 t-shirt and the wrestling uh watch wrestling every day t-shirts available uh, on our merchandise store. So, Michael, what's going on with your eyebrow? Why does everyone keep commenting on that? I'm, you know what it is? Is because when I talk, I like kind of raise one eyebrow. Now I can't even do it because I'm there. Like I do like a people's eyebrow when I'm talking. Oh, I think just because like maybe because the way the camera looks, it's it's more prevalent than ever. But that's just how I talk. It just that's how it works. But no, there's nothing wrong with my eyebrow. It's just. So I got some questions for you. Do you want to go through these now? There's only five of them. I'm going to put you on the hot seat, or we can go through the ones in the live chat first. We'll, we'll go with yours. It, it's nice to not play host. You could play host for a day. All right. All right. Ready. Here we go. Here we go. Favorite moment of 2020. Favorite moment of 2020. Uh, man, there's so many good ones. I would probably say just for this, this, Shock of it. Roman's return at SummerSlam. Okay, I have a return on my list. I said Edge's return. Oh, oh see, this is the thing. Like, it, like the well, this, pin, is the, this, the is, pin, this is why the, I'm putting you on the hot seat. The I want to hear what's right on the top of your head. The pandemic made things seem so much farther long ago that I would think that Edge was last year, but it was this year. But yeah, I still to this day, when I see the clip of Edge at the Rumble, I get goosebumps hearing last that great moment, last great moment before we weren't allowed to have fans anymore. I agree. I agree. So, uh, here we go. Moving on in 2021, Big E will be champion, heavyweight champion or universal. No, I think he needs an intercontinental championship run before he becomes a heavyweight champion. All right. 2021, AW will surpass raw in total viewership. No, that will no. never happen. Because they never get the 50-plus demo, and TV trends will not allow a new show to beat an old show in the ratings unless it gets canceled. All right. We got two more. CM Punk will wrestle in 2021. If he does, I will say it happens in WWE. I agree. Last but not least, who wins the 2021 Royal Rumble? 
after last night, I would put money on Kevin Owens, but I would agree. Before last night, before last night, I had my money on Drew McIntyre, but obviously the failed cash-ins ruins that idea. Uh, I would probably go with Keith Lee. And for the women, he's got another year of development. Maybe, but not no pun intended. I don't mean training. I mean, like building him up. Yeah. Yeah. But for the women, uh, Bailey, I go with Bailey. Yep. Those are your questions. Those Those were my five. All right. Those are your five. So very good questions, Ralph. Uh, all right. So let's see what we got here. Uh, first question. Do you think Bray Wyatt should play off TV for at least two months in order to sell his story with Randy Orton? I think I just kind of answered that. I would. I I mean, if he, the only thing that would be more unbelievable than him being burned alive last night would him appearing on raw with no burns or anything like that tonight. So yeah, he probably should be kept off TV for a bit. Yeah. This isn't like Kane when he was unmasked and he had no burns because those were psychological burns. These are physical burns. So unless he had some very fire retardant material on, there's no way he doesn't come out with burns, but. Uh, let's see. What's the next question here? When is Ralph going to pay up for losing the war games picks? We need to see Ralph Cassidy. I won. I you won did the not picks. win. You take you did not win war games. Oh, I won four to two. On. I won four to two. And then we tied at survivor series. And I think I won. I won TLC here too, by the way, the only one I got wrong was the freaking AJ cat and Ms. Cash. Listen, Listen, people are going to get on my case about dressing up as Orange Cassidy. Anybody that watched our, our preview show yesterday, Michael picked his five people from the wrestling industry. Who would you start a company with? His main booker is going to be Jim Cornette. All right. So people got to get <laughs> off my case and start getting on his case. Uh, booker, Jim Cornette. You heard that right. Yeah. Oh, Zero the Herald just gave us another $2 donation to the Super Chat Party. He said, shout out to the SCPB community for the awesome debates. Now, for, you, those that, for those that don't know... um, Zero the Hero is always in our comment section, always in the community page, really running debates with everybody. And I don't know if he's anti-AEW, anti-WWE, or just a guy that just wants to stir up debates, but he does a good job. Him and Mario Morales are always active in the community page. So shout out to you as well, Zero the Hero. Thank you for the $2 donation there. Uh, Let's go to the next question. As I said, use the hashtag question. Um, Helps me find the question a little bit easier. Uh, and if I miss it, just type it in again and I'll try to get to it. Uh, do you believe that WWE is making Roman Reigns look weak as a heel with using Jimmy Uso? Uh, I wouldn't say weak, but I don't think he should get as involved as he has been. Last night was a little much for me. I didn't take away from the match. I still thought it was good. But uh, somebody as dominant as they're trying to position Roman Reigns as being, mm-hmm. I'd want him to see a little less help from Jimmy. Like Brock yeah. Lesnar never needed the help from anybody. He was just right. dominant. Right. I want him to see per- positioned at that level. Right. I, like I said, I think it's more Jimmy trying to prove himself as part of the family than it is really Roman trying to need help necessarily. But um, with SmackDown doing the cage match on Friday, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns is WWE. And this is the whole umbrella relying too much on gimmick matches Inferno match, uh, ladder matches, TLC, war games, Hell in a Cell, I Quit, ladder matches, all happened within the last three months. And also a strap match happened with Dexter Loomis and 
There's a lot of gimmick matches. I just think wrestling in general has a lot of gimmick matches. Um, they do. I, well, here's, now that you here's put part it, of the problem. I, I, have, I never actually thought about it until that just got brought up. Yeah, well, I think part of the problem is WWE has the, the theme stipulation pay-per-views, and I think they need to break away from that. Like, we don't need to have a TLC pay-per-view. We don't need to have a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Um, and I think that would really help with the less or the fewer amount of gimmick matches that we see. And they would actually help in storyline. Like these two TLC matches that we had last night were very good. Uh, and then at the same time, they didn't really necessarily fit the storyline. They were just, they found a way to just put them in because we needed a TLC match. Oh, sorry. I spaced out. I was thinking of orange Cassidy on dynamite this week. <laughs> Can't wait. Who's he? Re- is he wrestling this week? Yeah, he's oh, wrestling he- Trent's mom. No, no, isn't he? Isn't he doing something with Miro or something? Yeah, because that's believable. Yeah, I don't know. No, Miro's doing the the wedding thing, isn't there? They having like a celebration? oh, that's right, that's right. The best best man. The yeah, I don't know. engagement party, something like that. There's some announcement with the wedding, or we're we're getting the uh, wedding date on Wednesday. They're gonna bring out the Allen too. Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But I wouldn't either. All right. Next question. Where does the hurt business go from here? There's really no tag teams to feud with. Good point. I I don't know. That's why tonight's raw could be pretty interesting. Like what direction are they going to go with all that stuff with drew with the hurt business um, with AJ with the Miz? Certainly interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Corey MacArthur. He just gave us a dollar 99 on the super chat party. Just saying hello and saying that we have delivered on content here in 2020. Thank you very much, thank Corey. Very I know much. you've been a, I know you've been a big supporter with us even before 2020. So we thank you for your donation. Uh, happy holidays. Hopefully it's a good one for you and your family. Um, next question from Elijah Washington. Do you see the new day breaking up and the hurt business recruiting Xavier Woods to the group? Kofi going from uh, going for a singles role. I would be open to that. I would be okay with it too. Now, I was having a debate on, I don't know if it was in the comment section of one of our videos or Twitters. I forget where it was, or maybe it was even Facebook, where someone was saying that um, someone was getting buried or whatever. And I, the, <laughs> Kofi, Kingston got, Kofi Kingston got brought up. And I said, the loss to Kofi Kingston against Brock is not what buried him. It was the fact that he never got a second chase is what, what buried him. And the fact that he just was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a tag team uh, wrestler again without any, like, that, 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 that no like, pursuit. Grit, no pursuit. That's no what chase. buried him. If he goes for a singles role and maybe that comes back, maybe he digs him out of that burial. I don't know. Some guys, like we talk about all the time, some guys are better chasers than champions. Daniel Bryan was a great chaser. Kofi Kingston, the story leading up to his championship was very good. You know, a guy like AJ Styles, a guy like uh, Roman Reigns, a guy like a Drew McIntyre, they're they're champions that you can depend upon week in, week out. That's not taking away from Kofi. He's very good. Daniel Bryan is very good. But they're underdogs. Like, you want them to... That's the story. You want mm-hmm. them to chase the champion. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. There's definitely more better chasers than there are actual champions. But I think right now, WWE has put themselves in a position where the guys that are champions are better champions than they are chasers with Drew and with Roman Reigns. But next question here, I respect Charlotte Flair, but she gets a little, but she gets a title for doing nothing. Like why 
why does WWE give someone else the opportunity over Charlotte? Or why don't they give it over Charlotte? It's easy, folks. Charlotte makes money for the company. She draws ratings for the company. Someone like Peyton Royce or Liv Morgan or Ruby Riot or anybody else have it. And some of them haven't gotten the opportunity. I'll admit that. But some of them have. Like, I think Lacey Evans could have been a top player in the women's division, and it just has not worked. Charlotte, just no matter what happens, she's money. I, I don't have anything else to add. She's, like I said earlier, she's one of the best female wrestlers. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's not just coming from me. Other people within wrestling talk about her that way all the time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, next question. Do you think the story will be good if Asuka turns heel on Charlotte to swerve it and the fans would be happy? Uh, yeah, I guess I'd be open for that because they, they talking about Charlotte and getting all of her wins and opportunities. She was the one that broke Asuka's streak. So yeah, they never really, I mean, I don't know. Do we really want to see that again? Is Eva Marie ever going to debut? Who cares? Debut? Who cares? It's just every, every, that's one of those things. Oh, CM Punk's coming out at the Rumble. Every year you hear the same thing. Well, I, I, I don't think anybody's really begging for every, uh, Eva Marie to come back to WWE. No, it's, but that's the rumor every pay-per-view. Oh, she's going to make her day. She's coming out. But this also Melina. It. Melina was the rumor too. At least she is somewhat good in the ring compared to Eva Marie. Like Eva Marie was legit eye candy and that's it. Melina can at least wrestle. That, do you have any proof that Charlotte makes money for the company? Uh, well, main evented WrestleMania. Yeah, you don't it, main event WrestleMania if you can't if you can't make money in seats. And I believe when she was on NXT, the ratings did go up. I'll have to double check on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Uh, let's see. Next question here. Uh, oh, the cat's about to make his free. It's speaking of re debuts. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Where'd it go? Here it is. Do you guys think that WWE should let The Fiend at some point get payback on Goldberg? That's basically the only smudge on his record. Uh, I don't know. I, if the Goldberg's going to come back, there's a very short list of guys that I'd let him work with, and it's mm-hmm. got to be guys that he would... Um... <laughs> there, there's the tale of the cat. Yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't put... I, I don't want to see The Fiend. I would certainly not want to see The Fiend and Goldberg. It, I think they could have him win, get his win back, and like, like Shay says here... It is really the only smudge on his record. Uh, and obviously anything that went downhill um, have honestly, uh, it's gone downhill basically since the Goldberg match. So I think it only seems right if they're going to really build this new level of the fiend to this like mega, mega, mega like entity. He's got to beat Goldberg at some point. If Goldberg even comes back for anything. Um Let's see. Did you, uh, we already got that. Did you see the cage match? Question about my eyebrow. <laughs> do you think Stone Cold Steve Austin could come back for one more match if it's cinematic? He's not going to do that. Um, sure, he could. Um, I don't see it happening. I don't either. I don't I, think there's anybody that he would come back to wrestle. Right. Not, not a big enough name right now in the WWE. No. no. Maybe Drew McIntyre. They had a really good uh, Broken Skull session last night, too. Yeah, I started checked. watching that. Yeah, if you if you guys haven't seen that on the WWE Network, definitely do. Uh, how do they do damage control for Randy killing the Fiend last night? Jumped the shark for me, and I like the Fiend. Oh God, um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. You got to open. Here's here's what you do. Here's what you do. You open Raw. Randy Orton comes out, and Adam Pearce has a bunch of security guards or police officers out, and they they arrest Randy Orton, and then you have 
Adam Pierce versus Randy Orton in a feud, and maybe you need to have that like authority figure back in Raw that they desperately need. Maybe that's how they do it. They have to. They have to have it where Randy Orton gets arrested for murder, or at least arson, something, some kind of fine or uh, crime. Do you see Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship happening at WrestleMania? Well, you got to get the belt off Drew, so I don't see that happening. But I don't want to. I don't think I'd want to see it. I'd rather see Owens take the belt off Roman. Yeah, I I agree. Um, if if not, if you're not going to get the belt off Drew, and if Kevin Owens isn't the the opponent for Roman, say it's Goldberg or The Rock, Owens versus Brock for no title whatsoever. Maybe it could be a little fun. We'll see how that goes, but. Uh, next question is, do you think WWE are burying the money in the bank to get back at Chris Jericho? Chris Jericho? Because he's the creator of Money in the Bank and he left for oh. AEW. No, I mean, if you follow the... Well, the, the, whole thing, the whole thing started, the whole streak of three out of four, Jericho was still in WWE. So they're not burying money in the bank because he went to AEW or New Japan. They're just burying it because... They haven't put anybody in a position to actually win the damn thing unless it's a guy who wasn't even in the match to begin with. But maybe I'm overanalyzing that. Uh, I think that is it for all our questions. Final Best thoughts. match of 2020. That's your question, or did someone ask that? I'm asking you that. I think we could do a whole episode breaking down all the best matches of 2020. I think we should. I think we should, too. Maybe uh, I think we should make our lists, and I, I don't think we should discuss it. I think we should reveal them together. I agree. I agree. I think maybe we should do that Christmas Eve, or at least have the episode go up Christmas Eve. Okay. Because I was gonna say, wow. no, there's no way we're recording an AEW and NXT review on Christmas Eve. By the time we get to recording again, it'd be way past that. So maybe that's the episode we have between now and Thursday that we could put up best matches of 2020. And I'd like to see what people in the comment section would love to say which match that they have as the best matches of 2020. I already know one of them. It happened on this show. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens is definitely on my list. Okay. Any, any of them go on your list that you want to just tip in? From last night? No, no, no. Just in general. Um, I know my number one. Uh, don't tell me your number one. No. So I don't. I don't. I, two through. What are we going to do? Top five? You can do top five. Top ten. We'll do top five. All right. Uh, top five. I, 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 I can't confidently say two through five yet. But number right. one, I'm confident of. Definitely, it's one def- match sticks out. There, yep. there, there's, I could go back and watch everything two through five, and I have a good idea of what's going to wind up there. Mm-hmm. There's one match that stands out. Okay, okay. Someone suggests if we do a best matches of the year, we got to do a worst matches of the year. Oh man, <laughs> I know one of them for sure. Orange Cassidy versus Blank. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, close. Miro and Kip versus Sonny and Joey. <laughs> oh my God. And that was poor Miro's debut match. How? Oh, oh. <laughs> that was not a good debut for Miro. But yes, I do want to thank everybody for joining us here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble, our live review of TLC 2020. I thought it was a very good show. Ralph, you would agree with me, I think. Uh, don't forget to share this all over social media so that people can watch the replays. If you want to support the channel, don't forget we also have the merchandise available. Link in the description with the promo code SCPV10 to get 10% off. Uh, I'd like to thank our our uh, donators for the Super Chat Party, Mario Morales, Zero the Hero, and Corey MacArthur. Thank you guys very much for donating to the Super Chat today. 
We'll see you all on Christmas Eve where we count down our best matches of 2020. Ralph Valenti, my name is Michael Valenti. Thank you for watching the Squared Circle Cycle Battle.